Welcome to the anointed and transformational teaching ministry of Pastor Wale Akinshiku, Senior Pastor of House of Praise Mississauga, Canada, a parish of the Redeemed Christian Church of God. It is our prayer that as you listen to this message, that you will be empowered to achieve your dreams and fulfill your destiny. God bless you as you listen. Anytime you want to do anything new, it's a combination of something invisible and something visible. So when you bring those two, three things together, then something new happens. The Bible says the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead. Then the question was, what avenues can we engage to release this power of God that is in us? Okay? And we look at three avenues on, 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 on last week Sunday. Your mouth is very powerful. You know, your mouth is very powerful. John chapter 6, verse 63 says, It is the spirit that gives life. The flesh profits nothing. The words that I speak, the words that I speak, they are what? Spirits. Yeah, they are spirits. The words are spirits. Every time you engage your inner man to speak their spirit, and that's why sometimes it's very important for us when we get a bit upset as parents in the house, we don't say things that will wait for our children in the future negatively. You know, your mouth, very important. Speak over the works of your hands. Speak over it. Speak over it. And that's why I taught on persistence first. Because you've got to be persistent with it. It's not only faith that inherits the promise. It is faith and patience or endurance or persistence or continuously doing the right thing. You stay with it. Then your hands, in, in Acts 19 verse 6, the Bible says Paul laid hands on them and the Holy Spirit came off. The Holy Spirit came out of his hand. Your legs, you walk around, you take charge. Listen, nothing is handed over to anybody. It is the violent that take it by force. If you've, if you've paid attention, in this province of Ontario, you take a pay, just pay attention to the number plate of the cars. You see a little right in there. What does it say? So as you have come into this country, the government has left the responsibility with you. It's your own, yours now, to discover. So you have to engage everything you know to discover what is right in this nation. And you will not fail in this country. Yeah. Your legs, you say, whatever the soles of your feet shall tread upon, I've given you. Whatever the soles of your feet shall tread upon. That means something, there's something about your feet. When the children of Israel were going across the river Jordan, they carried the Ark of Covenant, which was representing the presence of God. This is in, this is in Joshua chapter 4, verse 10. Joshua chapter 4, verse 10 and 11. Joshua chapter 4, verse 10 and 11. So the priest who bought the Ark, the priest carrying the Ark, they stood in the midst of the Jordan till everything was finished, that the Lord, keep going please, until verse 11, had commanded Joshua to speak to the people according to all that Moses commanded Joshua. Keep going please. And the people hurried and crossed over. Verse 11, then it came to pass when all the people are completely crossed over, that's when the ark of the Lord and the priest now left, now crossed over. That means they stood in, as long as their feet was in that place, water could not come. Their feet was releasing the power and the presence of God in that place. You have to understand, you don't joke with your legs. You know, your, your, your wife is making fun of your legs. Your husband is making fun of your legs. Tell them, these legs. Oh, Lord, have mercy. I better just stay with my sermon today. <laughs> Hallelujah. So this week, I want to speak to you about operating God's wisdom for new beginnings. 
operating God's wisdom for new beginnings. How do we operate the wisdom of God for new beginnings? Of the three components that brings new beginning, persistence, the power of God, and wisdom, the one that is most, um, that is most elaborate of the three is wisdom. So we've got to pay attention to this uh, over the next three weeks to wrap up this series. Our main text for today is taken from the book of Proverbs chapter 3 and verse 19 to start with. And it tells us, For by wisdom the Lord formed, founded the earth by understanding he has established the heavens. Wisdom, he founded the earth. Okay? In Psalm 104 verse 24, Psalm 104 verse 24, it tells you and I, Oh Lord, how manifold are your works? So everything we see around, manifold works. It tells us how it has happened. It says, in wisdom you have made them, how many? All. The earth is now full of your possessions. So if you want your life to be full of what God has ordained for you, to possess what God has ordained for you, for you have come to Mount Zion, the city of the living God, and in Mount Zion there shall be deliverance, and the house of Jacob shall possess their possessions. If you want your life to possess what God has in mind for you, you must connect with the wisdom of God. Somebody is connecting with that wisdom in this place today. Somebody is connecting with that wisdom here today in the name of Jesus. So the wisdom of God, when you see people laying hold of what God has in mind for them, they are engaging the wisdom of God. They are engaging the wisdom of God. And the wisdom of God is from above. And whatever is from above is above all. In this nation, you will be the head and not the tail. So God engaged his wisdom in creation and declared it very good. In Genesis 1.31, that the Lord saw everything that he has made and indeed it was very good. It was very good. And the evening and the sixth month, and the evening and the morning were the sixth day. Please, one thing you should be very careful about, don't be too much in a hurry. And don't run your life based on somebody else's wristwatch. Might not be correct. <laughs> don't run your life. We, even if you were born as identical twins, your destinies are, are different. God has a unique, specific plan for you that will not be repeated. You're very special in the plan of God. You don't believe it, but your neighbor believes it. I'm very special in the plan of God. Come on, say it to you. I am very special in the plan of God. One more time, say it. I'm very special in the plan of God. Oh, yes. You're very special in the plan of God. You, you, you're unique. You're unique. There is a particular expression that God wants to have in this world that is going to have through you. You see, God gave you your personality. is a gift. God gave you your talent. Your giftings is a gift. What you know is a gift. The way you talk is a gift. So stop, stop, stop seeing your asset as a drawback. Peter had an accent. It's written in the Bible. A little young girl said, look at you. Your accent says you're Galilean. But he didn't hold him back. His name is part of the foundation of heaven. His accent did not hold him back. You see, all of these things is internal. It's all internal. Don't internalize the way people look at you. 
You go for a, you go to the places. You say, "Hey, hi, uh, good morning. What's the name? My name is Wale Akishiku." They look at you. They, con- they look at the con- they condescend them. Don't worry about it. Don't internalize that. Everybody has the right to, to, to move their eyelids the way they want to move their eyelids. And God has the right to move you up the way He wants to move you up. <laughs> he has the right to do that also. He has the right to do that also. Very good. So every believer, please, oh, this, is the, this, this is a core part of this message. Every believer shares in the divine nature of God through the finished work of Christ in redemption. Every believer. How many believers? Come on, speak to me at the back. How many believers? Every believer shares in the divine nature of God. If you say, well, I don't agree with this, then you don't believe in Scripture. This is the Word of God. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 1 to 4. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 1 to 4. Okay? Let me read what it says. This letter is from Simon Peter, a slave and an apostle of Jesus Christ. I'm writing to you. Who are you writing to, Peter? I'm writing to you who share the same precious faith we have. So are you a believer? Do you share faith in Christ? Then it says, it goes on to say, this faith was given to you because of the justice and fairness of Jesus Christ, our God and Savior. Verse 2, may God give you more and more grace and peace as you grow in your knowledge of God and Jesus Christ. Verse 3, by his divine power, he has given us everything we need for living a godly life. We have received all this by coming to know him, the one who called us to himself by means of his marvelous glory and excellence. Now pay attention to verse 4. And because of his glory and excellence, all right, he has, he has given us great and precious promises. These are the promises that enable you, come on now, that enables you to share in his divine nature and as a result of that, you escape the world's corruption caused by human desires. So you are born again. Every time you get, you are exposed to the scriptures, you get in touch with the scriptures, you open your spirit, your inner man to the scriptures, the divine nature is being activated in you more and more. You're growing more and more to be like Christ. Suddenly you begin to talk like him. You begin to act like him. You begin to behave like him. And you begin to think like him. For the Bible says, let this mind be in you, which is also in Christ Jesus. Thank you, Lord. I'm a partaker of divine nature. Oh, come on now. I'm a partaker of divine nature. Yeah, you are a partaker of divine nature. So keep that in mind. You are a partaker of divine nature. It's a fact. We don't pray, oh God, give me divine nature. No, we don't pray that. No, that's not a prayer point. It's a fact of redemption. The day you got born again is the same day the sin nature was destroyed in you. Just like you don't do anything to be a sinner. You carry out acts of sins because we were sinners. For in sin, my mother conceived me. We became sinners because we came from the natural birth with the sin nature. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Every child that was born in the hospital in the last five minutes now that I've been speaking or thereabout, they came immediately, automatically, they came with the sin nature. They didn't have to pray. They didn't have to go to a place. They didn't have to go to a nightclub. They didn't have to get into immorality. They already came with the sin nature just by birth. The same way when you got born again, you came immediately with the divine nature. 
All you need to do now is feed that divine nature so that that divine nature can supersede and take preeminence over the remnants of your human nature. I know I'm in the right church. You can, you can, you can, you can take preeminence over that. Take preeminence over that. So you have the divine nature. Not only that, every believer is a joint here with Christ by whom all things were made. All things were made by Christ and we're joint heirs. Colossians chapter 1 verse 15 to 16 and Romans chapter 8 verse 16 to 17. Let's look at this together. First, let's start from Colossians. It says, it is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of our creation. For by him, all things were created that are in heaven and that are on earth. All things were created by him. Visible, invisible, all things were created by him. Okay? For through him, verse 16, God created everything. Through Christ, God created how many things? Everything. God created everything through him. Now, because I'm going to pray for people that are, going to, that are first-time home buyers today, as part of the people I'm going to be ministering to. If you've never bought a house in this country, even if you have a million of it outside of this country, if you've never bought a house in this country, I'm going to minister to you today. Listen to what, what God showed me, the part of the inside. We're still going to have a, um, uh, a, a, a retreat that we'll be doing. Um, part of the reason why we're still working on it is because I'm bringing in some professionals to teach the natural part while I teach the spiritual part. But listen to this. Part of the insight God gave me from this Colossians 1.16. For through him, God created how many things? All right. So the land I'm standing on, the land, the land, the houses are built on. Who created that land? Okay. And God, God created it through who? Come on, you see it. The answer is there. Don't let the, the virtual presence of your former lecturer that is still in your head. That gave you a piece of paper that indicated that you are not as smart as you think. You know, don't let that disturb you. The answer is on the screen. This is not an, an exam. It's on the screen. I'm asking you not to test your intelligence. I know you're smart. I'm only asking you for meditation purposes. The more we repeat it, the more it sinks into our spirit, man. The land, the bare land, is created by who? By God, through Christ. So, since we are joined here, he has created this, but intentionally he didn't finish the creation. So I can do the remaining part. So he created the land. I will create the building on the land. Then we are now joined here. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the same person that has the capacity to create that land has the capacity to give you the same resources to create the building on the land he has already created. That's how it works. That's how it works. For through him, God created everything in heaven, in the heavenly realms and on the earth. He made the things we can see and the things we cannot see. So the Bible says then in Romans 8, 16 to 17, the Spirit himself bears witness with our own spirit that we are children of God. Is there any child of God in the house today? We are children of God. We are not, this is not talking about pastors, apostles, prophets, thank God for them. But it says all of us, 
we are now children. This is all of us. It's just, you don't have to be a pastor. You don't have to be a powerful man of God or woman of God. Just everybody, we are children of God. And he said, and then this is the implication or one of the implications of being a child of God. If children, then we're here. Yes, of God. And joint yes with Christ. Joint yes with Christ. Joint yes means having a joint account. If you're married and you have a joint account with your wife or your husband, you should understand this. Joint account whereby it takes anyone, any one of the signatories can sign out. I know what joint yes means. Before I read it in the Bible. <laughs> Salah. I got the revelation not from prayer, but from looking at my natural account. <laughs> Joint yes. Any one of the two can sign. Co-signing is when it takes at least two of you, two people, both of you have to sign. There have to be two signatures. But joint means anyone can sign. That's why you can stand and tell something to come and it comes and go because the person that has the resources originally has added you, your name to that account. Through redemption, he added your name to the account. And he says, honor, the same way you honor me, honor this man. Honor this lady. The same way. So when you say, come, it comes. That's what that centurion said. The centurion said, I'm not the one that has the original power. It's the emperor. The emperor is not here. You cannot see the emperor. You've never met the emperor. He said, but when I say to one, go, he goes. When I say, come, he comes. When I say to this one, do it, he does it. You see, he said, I'm a man under the authority. You are a joint here with Christ. In the sphere, the area of jurisdiction of your destiny, you are a joint here with Christ. In this country you have come into, where you are standing now, you are a joint here with Christ. You are a joint here with Christ. And please hear me and hear me well. Everything was created by him, including Canada. Oh, I thank God for our present government, the liberal um, um, Democrats that are there, led by Right Honorable Justin Trudeau. God bless him. God will bless him. God will give him wisdom as he continues to lead the 37, 38, almost 40 million odd um, um, people in this nation. God will bless him, give him wisdom, give him strength. Thank God for every other political party. The previous governments, the conservative parties, the NDP governments in some of the provinces of Canada, and so on and so forth. Thank God for everyone and every layer of government, from federal government to provincial government to the municipal government. We thank God for every single one of them. But I want to say to you, based on the authority of Scripture, none of them owns this country. Thank you, you got it. You got it there. None of them own this country. Nobody owns this country. This country was created by God. Every person that is in leadership is operating based on delegated authority. But ultimately, the earth is still the Lord's. Somebody there is getting it done. The earth is still the Lord's. The fullness thereof. The world and those that dwell in it, everything is owned by God. Everything is owned by God. And you are joined here with him. Your portion in this country then, you will not miss out on it. Your portion 
in this nation, you will not miss out on it. Your portion in this nation, you will not miss out on it. Your portion will not be added to another person. Your portion will not be added to another person. Your portion will not be added to another person. In this country you've come into, you have a portion. Oh, I read in my Bible. My Bible tells me the lines are falling onto me in pleasant places. Yes, I have a good heritage. One brother here is catching it. Do you have a good heritage? Where is that brother? Jump on your feet. Give Jesus a shout of praise if you are getting it. I have a good heritage. So yes, right now, I can't pay my rent. I don't have food on the table. I, I don't have a car. But do not rejoice over me, my enemies. For when I fall, I shall arise. When I sit in darkness, light shall arise for me. God is still a lifter of me. And my God, the Almighty God, he will lift somebody in this service today. I have a word for somebody here. The very first elevator was designed and created by God. Jacob saw it in Genesis 28. So he, he couldn't describe it. He said, I saw a ladder. He said, I saw movement was going from here all the way up. And God himself, the architect, builder, and supervisor was standing on that elevator. Excuse me, sir. That elevator is present here this morning. Elevator is here this morning. Somebody is going to climb this morning. Somebody will climb this morning. Somebody will climb this morning. Somebody will change levels this morning. If you're one of us, give him another shout. Take your seat for a minute. We're joined here with him. We're joined here with him. Now, look at what the New Living Transition says. For his spirit joins with our spirit to affirm that we're God's children. And since we're his children, we're here. This is the word I want to show you. This is what I want to show you. Look at this word here. What does this word say? It's a fact. You believe it or you don't believe it. Leave it or take it. It's a fact. Don't get upset with me. I'm a joint here with Christ. It's a fact. I'm a joint here with Christ. It's a fact. In fact, together with Christ, we're here of God's glory. It's a fact. If you can't deny Christ, you can't deny me. When you came into this country, for almost all of you, you came with a passport. Thank you, Jesus. But it doesn't matter anymore. You're here. Eh? That's it, you are here. That's it. What was the passport number of Christopher Columbus? They came, they conquered by force. You are here, that's what matters. Don't look down on yourself. Don't let anybody put a label on you as a refugee. Everybody's looking for refuge. Everybody's looking for refuge. When you come in here, on your international passport, you have a photograph there. That photograph, for some reason, very type of strange photograph. It's a strange photograph because it's a photograph that doesn't cover your whole body. I'm six feet two in height. But that photograph reduces everybody that takes it to the same height. 
Am I correct about this? Everybody that takes that photograph is reduced to the same height. It only covers, shows our head. All of you that have been going to the gym so many times, I'm sorry for you, with all your big, big muscles trying to intimidate me, intimidate the rest of us. You know, it, it, that photograph doesn't capture your biceps. It doesn't co cover your heavy chest. It only covers, boom, your head. Just shows your head. And you give them that photograph, and something strange happens. When you're about to come in, there's a barrier. Too many questions. And you give them that paper, and they see the photograph of your head, and they don't bother about the rest of your body. They allow your head in. <laughs> Listen, because it's a powerful revelation. They allow your head to come in. And suddenly, funny, funny, they never question your body. Your head is what they look at. And, they, and your head comes in, and your body says, I will follow too. And that's exactly the same thing. In the book of Acts, it's not on my slide, but show it on the side screens. Acts chapter 8, verse 3. Paul was going around persecuting the church, which is the body of Christ. Persecuting the church. Acts chapter 8, verse 3. As for Saul, he made havoc of who? Come on, he made havoc of who? The church. Entering every house, dragging off, you see now who the church is now, men and women, human beings, men and women, committing them to prison. Then in Acts chapter 9, verse 4, Acts chapter 9, verse 4, when Saul, Jesus appeared to him, he fell to the ground, he had a voice, and he said to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And he asked, who are you? And he now told him, he said, I am Jesus. But Saul had the right to ask, who are you? Because I don't know you, I've not met you before. You are not part of the people I drag, but Jesus didn't say, why are you persecuting my church? He said, why are you persecuting me? Because the head and the body are the same. If you separate them, you've killed them. The head and the body are the same. We have one union with Christ. So to stop me, to, if you're, you're trying to stop me, you're deceiving yourself. You must stop Christ first. If you can't stop the, my head, you can't stop this body from coming in. So where they said you will never go. Whatever line of limitation the enemy has drawn and they said you will never cross, this day you will cross that line in Jesus' name. Whatever cannot stop Christ will not stop you again. Whatever cannot stop Christ will not stop you again. Whatever cannot stop Christ will not stop you again. Any door of destiny that cannot be shot to Christ will never be shot to you again. So I declare, lift up your heads, all you gates, that the King of glory may come in. Every door of glory due to open to you, I command it to lift up now in Jesus' name. Take one step, at least one step forward. Come on, come on, come on, come on. I sense a prophetic anointing. Something is happening here today. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Your position has changed for good. In Jesus' mighty name. Thank you, Lord. The wisdom of God that creates new beginnings is manifold wisdom. Many-sided or many-layered kind of wisdom. So today we take time to look at one of them. 
So the Bible says he created all things through Christ Jesus. And verse 10 says, to the intent that now the manifold wisdom of God, many layered. So what are the dimensions of God's wisdom? Let's take time to look at one of them today then. We branch into something slightly different. What are the dimensions of God's wisdom? The first one I want to look at today is direction. Direction. This is the first one. Direction. As simple as it sounds, it is something that's so critical. The book of Ecclesiastes, chapter 10, verse 10, in the KJV version of the Bible, King James Version. Ecclesiastes 10, verse 10, this is what it says. It says, if the iron be blunt, and he do not wet the edge, then must he put then, then must he put to more strength. But wisdom is profitable to, to direct. One of the elements of wisdom is divine direction. One of the biggest challenges of the world today is confusion. People are plagued with confusion. When you change the country you come into or you are starting a new venture, because it's new, that's the whole idea. You are, there's going to be confusion. What do I have to do? What, what, what should I not do? What should I do? And you ask people you know, for advice. And in this nation, there are so many people. You know, I've been here. I'm a bit of a uh, grandfather now. Not yet a great-grandfather, but a grandfather in this nation. Somebody said, who gave you that title? I give myself. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> I give myself. <laughs> people, many people advise you. Some of the advices you'll be getting will be from people that are victims of failures. You know, the, the, the failures, not that they failed, they are failures. In other words, they failed in one or two things and they have not accepted that state and they, that's why you become a failure. They're not failures. They're not looking for people to pass out information to so that they can continue to join that particular group. In the earlier days of this church, I used to call them the Toronto Group of Grumblers, TGG. They just grumble about everything. You say, oh, well, what I want to do now, you know, I'm into this field, I came in as this, I'm, you know, but I want to go into business analysis. Ah, business analysis. Ah. I have one cousin, one nephew of mine, one of he went into it, he left his job, he did it for one month, they didn't renew his contract. In fact, he's borrowing money around the whole place now. You see, they're grumblers. Every new venture requires a risk. Risk takers. You have to take risk. Ah. You have met a very, a, 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 a finely evolved version of me. When I first started as, as earlier on in, the, in, in this church, thank God we have uh, precious pastors here. We are witnesses. I used to tell them, you have come into this country. If you're trying to buy a ticket to run away, they will never sell you a ticket. That's why I used to tell them. Because the earlier people that took adventure to come to America, they burnt the boat. They go to the shore and they burnt the boat. Because if you keep looking in the rear view mirror, you can't make any, you, can't, you cannot succeed to go forward. You can't. So your return ticket. If you want to make it in any country, put it aside. This is home. I've said to my wife one day, when things were very hard, and you know, when things are hard, options start evolving. 
Somebody says, oh, this option. Oh, what about this? Oh, what about this? Then a friend of yours will call you from somewhere and begin to tell you options. One day I told her, I said, baby, this is my country. This is my home. I will live here. I will die here. I will be buried here. This is home for me. My children, if Jesus starts, grandchildren, great-grandchildren, they will know my burial place in this country. Not only will I claim ground in this country one of my life, I will claim ground in debt in this country. From that moment on, some things started opening up to me. I'm determined. We're not carrying my body to where? Bury me here, wrap me with a Canadian flag, a Nigerian flag, a Ghanaian flag, a Jamaican flag. All the people that my life has touched, wrap me with all their flags. <laughs> Wisdom is profitable to direct. People will be telling you different things. Ah, you want to go by here? Ah, no, you don't go. Ah, yeah. ah don't do that. Too. No. Who's telling you? Where you are you listening to? Which radio station are you tuned to? Tune to this radio station where champions and numerous and failures cannot be found. So divine direction then covers covers two dimensions, general and specific. The general says, the word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. P-A-T-H. Path. That is the generality. So, you, some of you are here right now, you have a general idea of what you want to do. Okay, okay. So, I'm in this country now. This, I, I think I need to retrain. Okay, that's a general idea. Retrain. I need to retrain. Acquire a new set of skills. Fantastic. Someone said, no, I'm not doing that. I'm not going to do a nine-to-five job. I want to do business. Okay, I know I need to do business. I, I'm feeling kind of like the restaurant business, you know, uh, or a franchise, for example. A franchise. I want to get a franchise. That's a general idea. But what about the specifics of it? The good news is that the wisdom of God also covers the specifics. The steps of a good man are now ordered by God. The God shows us the path. He also tells us the steps. Once he shows you the path, you start feeling it in your spirit, hey, but this is the general area, don't forget to ask him the steps. You can't begin in the spirit and conclude in the flesh. Don't assume that because he's giving you the path, you now know the steps. Ask him the specifics. Lord, this is what I'm feeling in my spirit, Holy Spirit. I'm beginning to feel that I need to buy a franchise. Thank you for the resources you have put in my hands. I can now buy a franchise. I'm taking a look at it. I'm searching, I'm gathering the information, I'm looking at the facts, but Holy Spirit, which one? Direct my steps. The steps of a good man are ordered by you. Which one will be compatible with my destiny? Which one is the one that is best for my situation? Spirit of the living God, lead me, Lord. You begin to pray. You ask him for the path, you ask him for the steps. Are you still with me? So let's look at an example. A new beginning provoked by divine direction. John chapter 2, verse 1 to 11. John chapter 2, verse 1 to 11. The Bible says, On the third day there was a wedding in Cana of Galilee. The mother of Jesus was there. Both Jesus and his disciples were invited to the wedding. And when they ran out of wine, the mother of Jesus said to him, They have no wine. Jesus said to her, Woman, what does your concern have to do with me? My hour has not yet his mother said to the servants, whatever he says to you, that's it. Whatever he says to you, do it. Now, there were there set there 
Six water pots of stone, according to the manner of purification of the Jews, containing 20 or 30 gallons apiece. Now look at the two things Jesus said here. This is my, what I want to draw out for you. In verse 7 of John chapter 2, Jesus said to them. In verse 8, he said to them. But both of them are two different things. The verse 7 is talking about the part. The verse 8 is talking about the specifics. Fill the water pots with water. Okay. Water pots. Which of the water pots? How many of the water pots? General direction. Now I know I need water and I need water pots. But general direction. But you can see that at this point there was no wine. The point I'm trying to drive home to you is don't start running with the general direction. Asking for specifics of the direction. Asking for specifics of it. He said to them, this is the way I normally when I'm reading my Bible, when the Holy Spirit is opening this up to me. He said to them so that he can still say to them. He said to them, he has not finished talking. He said to them so that he can still say to them. The reason why God doesn't give the whole, now, look at it now. If you want to do elimination or you want to make this more concise, you remove the one, two, three, four, five. The first five words in verse eight, you remove it. Okay? And it will still say the same thing. Am I, are you following me? You know, that verse 8 where it says, and he said to them. Those five words, if you remove it, verse 7 and 8 will still say the same thing. So let's read it like that. Let me read it that way. Jesus said to them, fill the water pots with water, and they filled them up to the brim. Draw some out now, and take it to the master of the feast, and they took it. Jesus could have said all of that to them. But the reason why he breaks it down little by little is because he's checking for our step of obedience. When he starts giving you direction, general direction for franchise, he said, he's expecting you to take an action. Go and look for information about it. Go to franchise um, um, roadshows and all of that. Gather information. Visit. The, you take that. Sometimes people are paralyzed because they say, I don't have the whole specifics. Start with the general. Start with the general. He's expecting your obedience to the general information. Then you start with that. Then when you take, when he sees that you've taken an action towards that, then he releases the next set of information into your spirit. Draw some out now. Then take it to one specific, to the master of the feast, only one person. And they took it. They took it. In verse 7, they filled them. But in verse 8, they took it. Them. It. Them. Part. General. It. Specific. Am I correct about this? So when the master of the feast now tasted the wine, the water has been turned into wine. It's been turned into wine. And the Bible says, this is the beginning. The beginning of science. That's how Jesus created a new beginning for them. He's going to create a new beginning for you. This week, starting from this week, he's going to begin to give you directions. You'll be connected on a higher frequency. Clarity will come into your spirit, man. The cloud of confusion that has plagued you to this moment. The wind of the Holy Spirit will blow it away. The wind of the Spirit will blow it away. You will no longer be confused. Friends, in this country, one of the things you need the most is direction. You need to know what to do part time. You need to know what to do part time. You need to know what to do part time. 
And please, please, be very careful. Any person, any information anybody will give you that is not inspiring faith in you, please check it. Check it. Check it. Don't let people turn you into what they are. Don't let people enlist you into their disappointments. Don't let them enlist you into their... You know how many things I had in this country? It can never be done. It will never be done. It's impossible for it to be done. That's exactly... But they didn't know. I've studied a lot of these things. God has helped me by his mercy. I studied Roger Bannister that trained fleas. Okay? Which was the guy that first broke the, you know, uh, the, 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 the mile record. You know, the, 400 meters, ran it under a minute. Ran it under a minute. He was training fleas. And he was putting them in the bottle and covered the bottle. And the fleas would be trying to jump out, hitting their head on the bottle. Eventually, after a long time, he removed the lead. And none of them jumped out. Because they've been limited now, not by the physical obstacle, but what is in their mind. People are disappointed a lot in this country. And they begin to pass their disappointment to you. Oh, you want to go and buy here? Ah, nobody does that, oh. Ah, in this country. Take it from us, take it from us. Look at their result first before you take it from them. Look at the result. My mother used to say, this is what my mother used to say, very wise woman. My mother used to say, if somebody promises you they're going to buy you a dress or a clothes, you first look at the one they're wearing. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. <laughs> That's what my mother said. That, oh, somebody said, where's the verse? No, it's not in the scripture. <laughs> it's experiential wisdom. Experiential wisdom. So what is promising you? Look at what they're wearing. What's the result? What's the result? Telling me, telling me this. So if we, in this house of praise, are telling you that just coming to this country, this is how to go about it. Please, believe us. We've done this for many years. Many people here are blessed by it. Thousands of people are blessed by it. We know what we're talking about. We know what we're talking about. The beginning of science. So let me conclude. This is itself. It's the beginning of science. PWA is concluding at 11.38 a.m. <laughs> is that not the beginning of science? <laughs> Can you believe that? Even my screen is protesting to me. Ah! In conclusion, at 11.38. But I got you. I see something behind the scene. Ah, look at you. See the way you were happy. <laughs> I got you. This is my concluding note for today. For today's sermon. As a believer, please just write it, please. Write it exactly the way it is there. You can now interpret it the way you want to interpret it later on after I explain. But first, please capture it this way. As a believer, you can never run out of options because the wisdom of God is available to create a way for you. As a believer, you can never run out of options because the wisdom of God is available to create a way for you. Let me turn it around into a confession. As a believer, I can never run out of options because the wisdom of God is available to create a way for me. Let's do it one more time. As a believer, I can never run out of options because the wisdom of God is available to create a way for me.
Come on, go ahead, give Jesus some praise. While I was studying during the week, talking about the future, because we're creating a better future. God started speaking to me again. When you can't see the future, hold on to the scripture. When you can't see the future, hold on to the scripture. When you can't see the future, hold on to the scripture. So the next question, the spirit of the living God, which scripture should I hold on to? He walked me through the Bible, and there were seven of them. It's just more than enough to hold on to. I'm going to show you, for some of you that were not here on Friday, I'm going to show you right now. We're going to walk through them one by one. Is that, is that okay? The first one, my favorite. But the good man, what a different story. Psalm 37, verse 37, TLB. The blameless man, the upright man, the man of peace. He has a wonderful future ahead of him. For him, there is a happy ending. Open your mouth. I have a wonderful future ahead of me. I have a wonderful future with a happy ending. I have a wonderful future with happy. Open your mouth. Create your future. Create your future. I have a wonderful future with a happy ending. Ah, yes, I do. My family has a wonderful future with a happy ending. My ministry has a wonderful future with a happy ending. In Jesus' mighty name. The second one, Psalm 31, verse 15, NLT. My future is in your hands. Rescue me from those who hunt me down relentlessly. Open your mouth. My future is in the hands of God. I declare today, my future is in the hands of God. My future is not in the hands of anybody. My future is not in the hands of human beings. My future is not in the hands of demon spirits. My future is not in the hands of institutions. My future is not in the hands of individuals. My future is in the hands of God. Therefore, every relentless pursuer against my destiny, today I announce to you, my future is in the hands of God. Back off in Jesus' name. I will not be a victim of relentless pursuers of destiny because my future is in the hands of God. Hallelujah. In Jesus' mighty name. Jeremiah 29, verse 11, the third one. For I know the plans, NLT transition again. I have for you, says the Lord, the plans of good, not for disaster. To give you a future and a hope. There is no disaster in my future. There is no disaster in my future. No, God has no plan of disaster for me. There is no disaster in my future. There is no disaster in my future. There is no disaster in the future of my family. There is no disaster in the future of my children. There is no disaster in the future of my ministry. In the name of Jesus, for the house of God, the church of God, house of praise, there is no disaster in our future. In the name of Jesus, no disaster in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' mighty name. Number four, Jeremiah 31, verse 17, NLT. There is hope for your future, says the Lord. Your children will come again to your own land. Come on, open your mouth. There's hope in my future. I'm not hopeless. I'm not hopeless. There is hope in my future. According to the word of God, there is hope in my future. According to the word of God, there is hope in my future. There is hope in my future. My desires in line with the word of God shall be manifested. I will hold 
hold the testimony in my hands. I will hold the testimonies in my hands. I will hold the testimonies in my hands in the name of Jesus because there is hope in my future. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' mighty name. Number five. Haggai chapter 2 verse 9. The New Living Translation. The future glory of this temple, remember your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit, will be greater than its past glory. Open your mouth, begin to declare it. The future glory of this temple shall be greater than its past glory. It will be greater than its past glory. My future glory will be greater than my past glory. I speak in accordance with the word of God. I declare today, my future glory shall be greater than my past glory. My best is yet to come. My best is yet to come. For my family, our best is yet to come. Our best is yet to come. For my children, their best is yet to come. Oh, because the future glory of the temple shall be greater than the past glory. For the ministry God has put in my hands, the best is yet to come. The future glory will be greater. The future glory will be greater. My future glory will be greater. My future glory will be greater in the name of Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' mighty name, we have declared. Number six, Romans 8.28, all New Living Translation. And we know God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose. Everything is working together for my good. Come on, open your mouth. Everything is working together for my good. Circumstances around Wale Akishigo, circumstances in my life, circumstances in my family, circumstances in my ministry, you are working together for my good. You are. You are working together for my good. In the name of Jesus, you are working together for my good. Oh, yes, you are working. You are working together for my good. In the name of Jesus, you are working together for my good. Yes, 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 yes. You're not working against me. You're working for me. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Blessed be your name. In Jesus' mighty name. And finally, number seven. First Peter chapter 2, verse 4 to 6. You are coming to Christ who is living cornerstone, of course, temple. This is not even where I'm going yet, but this is very powerful on its own. Rejected by people, but chosen by God for great honor. That's a word for somebody already. Don't be bothered that you are rejected by people. The same people that said he's a murderer. Justice is not permitting to live when the snake was on the hand of Paul. The same people that came back and said he's a God. Your rejection is about to turn into major honor. As you are living stones that God is building into his spiritual temple, what's more? You are his holy priest. Through the mediation of Jesus Christ, you offer spiritual sacrifices that please God. Pay attention now, verse 6. As the scripture says, I'm placing a cornerstone in Jerusalem, chosen for great honor. And anyone who trusts in him will never, anyone who trusts in him will never, anyone who trusts in him, Open your mouth. I trust in God. I will never be disgraced. I trust in God. I will never be disgraced. My wife will never be disgraced. My children will never be disgraced. My trust is in God. Never be disgraced. I will never be disgraced. Disgrace is not my portion. Disgrace is not my 
inheritance. They will not disgrace in my life. No disgrace concerning my wife. No disgrace concerning my children. No disgrace in my ministry. No disgrace concerning the church of God, house of praise. I will never be disgraced in the name of Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord. I trust in God. I will never be disgraced in Jesus' mighty name. We have declared. As you have said it in this hearing, so it is in Jesus' name. As you have said it in this hearing, so it is in Jesus' name. As you have said it in this hearing, so it is in Jesus' name. All through this month, keep on saying it. Remember persistence? Keep on saying it. You can never have an overdose of speaking scripture. There's no overdose. This morning that I woke up, God Almighty is my witness. I've already done it before I came here. Yesterday night, I did it. On that Friday night, I did it. Yesterday morning, I did it. Yesterday night, I did it. Today, I've done it this morning. This is my second time of doing it. Keep doing it. There's no overdose. There's no overdose. And by the way, this recording will be on the app. So, just this piece of this recording so you can listen to it as many times. So if you don't have time to be reading, just be, be hearing, let it be penetrating to your spirit. That's how your future will be created. No matter how dark is it today, according to the word of God, you will laugh last in Jesus' name. Mark it, Thanksgiving Sunday on the month of August, you are going to come here with your powerful testimonies. I'm going to pray for you right now. When I finish praying for you, you take steps towards, don't wait for anybody to come to you. You take steps to them because that steps you're taking is a step of progress. I'm praying for you for grace, for accelerated progress to come upon you. In a minute. If you think you have seen progress in your life to this point, and many of us have seen, but you're about to enter a new chapter of speed. In the name of Jesus Christ. So in the name of Jesus that sent me, I come to you today in his name. And I speak over you. May the hand of God come upon you right now. May he grant you speed in your destiny. Grant you speed in your destiny. Accelerated progress over your life. Where there was stagnation today, let it be replaced by speed. Be replaced by speed. According to Isaiah chapter 60 verse 22. A little one shall become a thousand. And a small one a strong nation. The Lord will hasten it. 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 You getting a job, he will hasten it. You getting married, he will hasten it. Your healing be manifest, he will hasten it. You having business expansion, he will hasten it. He will hasten it. In this particular season. The Lord will arise and have mercy on Zion. For the time to favor her has come. Yes, the set time. So over you today, I declare, any garment, any wrap, any coat, any mark of misfortune that has been trailing you, 
that's not allowed you to lay hold of that what belongs to you. That mark today by the blood of the Lamb is cancelled in Jesus' name. I take authority as I stand today on the authority of God's word. I tear any garment of shame on you. I tear down any garment of shame on you. I tear down any garment of shame on you. In the name of the one that gives beauty for ashes. Where he was not working for you before. That was, that was, that was your story. From this day, you will receive speed in Jesus' mighty name. I'm saying this over believers. I'm saying this over believers. I'm saying this over believers. In the next six months, everybody around you will be shocked with how far you will have gone. They will be shocked with how far you will have gone. So from this day, in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, I grant you accelerated progress. Now shout if you receive that. 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 Shout if you receive it. Shout if you receive it. Shout if you receive it. This is the end of the message. We are sure that you have been blessed. For more information, please visit our website at www.houseofpraise.ca. God bless you.